Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Praise and worship service. My goodness. It's been all about victory this morning, hasn't it? Uh, The scripture comes to my mind, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling. Wow, the victory is ours, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'd like for you to open your Bibles uh, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. And while you're turning, for those of you, we had 58 people in our Discovering Ministry class last Sunday night. Uh, for those of you who are in that class, and, and it's, you could join us uh, if you want to, but if you haven't already started, it would probably be best for you to start at the beginning. But those of you who are part of the class, I look forward to seeing you tonight. And uh, it's going to get exciting tonight because we're actually going to be sharing uh, with you some things you can do with what you're gifted with. And so, uh, and you be praying for us if you're not in that class. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 13. As we begin one of the most exciting and timeless studies I think we've ever done in this church. For a few weeks, we'll be talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow along as I read. Paul says, but I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, hold on, I won't stop all the way through this because I've got a long text. But I, I do want you to know that the way Paul introduces this whole series on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is by saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, there are some things that we cannot know, we're not allowed to know about the return of the Lord. But there are many things we can know. And Paul says that I do not want you to be ignorant concerning these things. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. We'll continue reading on into the fifth chapter. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. 
But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Now, the scripture I want to point out to you in our text is chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, This is what it says, and this is where we'll set up camp this morning, just for a few moments. Verse 14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, I love this verse because it really makes some things real clear. It answers a major question that many Christians have, and that is, what happens to us as Christians when we die? What happens to our loved ones who have preceded us in death? And I have people who have asked me all through the years, what happens right at that moment? Do they sleep in the grave and wait for the resurrection day? And the answer to that question is, no, they do not. We will not. Now, the body will, but the soul will not. When, when your body dies, it will be laid to rest. But your soul will not go to the grave. Hey, child of God, you can rejoice with me on this. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your soul will never see the grave. It will never, ever see the grave. And that's the reason that Jesus said, He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me, say it with me, shall never die. Listen, uh, uh, people talk about dying all the time. And, and, you know, I try to be careful where I say this, but I tell folks, I'm not going to die. And I'm not. And you're not going to die. This body will die. The body will die. And one of these days, unless the Lord returns first, My body, your body as Christians, will be laid in the grave. But I want to tell you, long before that body is laid in the grave, the soul will have already departed. It will already be in the presence of the Lord. It will already be where God is. It will be with our Lord and Savior. One of these days, and this is my personal belief and conviction, it won't be long. And before we finish this series, I'm going to give you some signs Uh, that will take your breath. We won't get to those signs this morning, but it will take your breath when you begin to realize how many signs have been fulfilled in Scripture and how close we are to the return of our Lord. One of these days, and I don't believe it will be long, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ will descend from heaven. But listen to me. He will not be alone. He will not be alone. He will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. 
I'm not making that up. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. The word sleep is a euphemism for death. He'll bring with Him those who have died in Christ. He'll bring them with Him. There will be a crowd. There will be a host of heaven coming back on that day. Every now and then I'll hear some Christian, I've said this myself, I, I, I do kind of long for this. Every now and then I'll hear some Christian say, you know, I want to be alive when the rapture takes place. I, 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 I want to I go up when the rapture takes place. Well, child of God, listen to me. You don't have a thing in the world to worry about. Let me assure you, you will be alive when the Lord returns. You will not miss it. Don't you fret a bit. You will not miss it. You see, you'll either be on earth and one of these glorious hallelujah days, you will hear a voice, a strange voice from heaven, the voice of the archangel. You'll hear the trump of God. You'll hear a shout from glory land. And you will begin to take your flight. You'll begin to move upward. Uh, forgive me just for a second, but I can't hardly wait for the day that gravity no longer has any power over me. People ask me, do you think we'll be able to fly when we get to heaven? I, I tell them, we're going to fly before we get to heaven. We're going to fly to heaven. We will be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So you see, you're not going to miss it. You'll either be alive, you'll be on earth, you'll hear the trumpet sound, the voice of the archangel, and you will head heavenward, or you will already be in heaven with Jesus, and you'll hear your Lord and Savior say to all the Christians in heaven, come with me. We're going to go get the rest of the family. We're going to go get the rest of the family. And then all the redeemed in heaven will descend with Christ. And all the redeemed on earth will ascend to Christ. And we will meet Him in the air. And what a hallelujah, glorious day that will be. Man. Man, I'm excited. It'd be alright if it happened right now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Now, uh, there is at least one verse uh, that I want to point out. We looked at verse 14. Let's look at verse 16 in chapter 4. It says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. So there's going to be a trumpet sound, right? And then the voice of the archangel, right? But have you ever thought about this? Who's going to be doing the shouting? Uh, I'll give you my opinion. I think the shout will come from all the redeemed who are already in heaven. And when Jesus says, come, let's go get the rest of the family, I believe they'll all be shouting. I think they'll be shouting and I think we'll be breathless. But once we catch our breath, we'll join the shout. 
And I'm convinced that River of Life will be in the front ranks of those who are shouting. <laughs> Come on, let's all do it. Let's just shout. <laughs> Don't you feel better now? Uh, the Bible says, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people. Friends, if you think shouting is irreverent, you haven't read your Bible. If you think clapping is irreverent, you haven't read your Bible. By the way, yeah, li listen at this. We're not acting like the world when we do that. The world got it from us to start with, but it's just empty with them. It has meaning when we do it. Hallelujah. I want you to do something that will seem somewhat elementary to you right now. Uh, but uh, just patronize me just for a moment. As silly as this may sound, I want you to do this. Would you hold your left hand out like this? Now would you take your right hand and reach over and pinch your left hand? Just pinch it real good. Not, don't hurt yourself. Just feel that. You know what that is, friends? That's flesh. That's flesh. All right, you can put your hands down now. That's your body. That's what that is. That's what this is. That's your body. But that's not you. That's just your body. That's the house you live in. And you will not quit living when the house you live in right now is gone. You won't quit living. One of these days, unless Jesus comes first, and I hope He does, your body will die. But you won't quit living, and they will lay your body in the grave, my body in the grave. But that's all it'll be. It'll just be the old house that we used to live in. But that won't be you. Not at all. And I'm not going to say you'll be just as much alive then as you are now. Because I don't believe that. I think you'll be more alive at that moment than you've ever been in your life. On one occasion, the great D.L. Moody got up before a vast congregation. And he said this. He said, one day you'll read in the paper that D.L. Moody has died. He said, don't you believe a word of it. He said, I'll be more alive at that moment than you've ever dreamed possible. Oh, friends, the Scripture teaches us that. That's what the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house, this is the earthly house that we live in, if the earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's talking about a new body. That's what that's talking about. Alright, let's go back to our text. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, I think that the if there should be a, a focus for our study. For if we believe. Do you see that? For if we believe believe that Jesus died and rose again. This is what I call the if factor. The if factor. 
And this is not an isolated place. I found about a dozen places in the Bible where it says it almost identical to this. If we believe, if we have faith, if we trust God. For instance, one verse in the Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Uh, another passage of Scripture, Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, little bitty mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved and it'll be gone. On the negative side, there's a place in the Bible where it, it says, but if you do not believe, you will also perish. You see, it's a, it's a big factor. This if factor is so very important. Oh, child of God. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again. If you believe that. What Paul is saying is you're not going to have any trouble believing the rest of it. What a way to introduce the second coming of Jesus, the return of our Lord. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, all this other stuff will be easy to believe. And i got to tell you, you can't get saved without believing that Jesus died and rose again. It's a prerequisite to salvation. Believing is a prerequisite uh, to pleasing God. It's a prerequisite to walking with God. You have to believe. Nothing could be more important in your life than believing. We have to believe. I don't know what you think about or how you feel about these near-death experiences where people talk about leaving their bodies and visiting heaven, seeing family members, talking with Jesus, interacting with messengers from heaven, and trying to describe the indescribable beauty of heaven. I don't know how you feel about that, but I have to tell you, I'm a believer. I believe. I, I've heard so many of those testimonies through the years, I just believe. I, I, I believe it. Now, I would never believe something that was contrary to Scripture. The Bible is our base. It's our foundation. But I've heard hundreds of testimonies, and I don't think that's an exaggeration through the years, that line up right with the Word of God. I believe. I'm a believer. Last week, we saw a video testimony from two members of our church John and Norma Gallipoli. And in that video testimony, John told us that he died. Listen now. I've, I've watched that uh, testimony three times now. Every time I watch it, I, it just blesses my heart. He says he died. He left his body. He interacted with a messenger from heaven. I won't even try to fill in the details. You can ask him later. He interacted with a messenger from heaven. The messenger from heaven told him he had to go back. That God had a work for him to do. It would be shown him what he would be doing. And it would be a ministry that would touch the whole world. By the way, friends, the cross that many of us are wearing today, the crosses we give away up front, the crosses in the basket out front, uh, the, the crosses that 
this is their ministry. And they've gone all over the world. And it's just, it's, it's just getting started. <laughs> Brother, on Friday, Brother Bill Jenkins and I uh, went to a restaurant and we went in and we had a few crosses and we gave them away. And one by one, people in that restaurant started coming up to us and saying, do you have another cross? Do you have another cross? Uh, uh, Brother Bill made three trips to his car, finally ran out. He said, do you have any? I said, yeah, I went to my uh, truck and I kept getting crosses. And we gave crosses to everybody in that restaurant. People wanted crosses. It's a great thing, isn't it? But come on. Really? Do we really believe that John Gallipoli left his body? Do we believe he left his body? Do we believe he went to another realm? Do we believe he interacted with a heavenly messenger? Do we believe he got a divine assignment? Do we really believe that? If you believe that Christ died and rose again, then friends, you won't have any trouble believing that the body and the soul sometimes separate. And one will be in one place and another will be in another place. And I tell you, I not only believe all that about John, but I believe God divinely placed them in our church to be a blessing to us, but also for us to come alongside of them and help them and partner with them in a ministry that was given to them from heaven above. I believe that with all my heart. Wow. I got to tell you, it's easy for me to believe his testimony because I believe what I've been telling you. I believe that the body and the soul are not one and the same. They're not one and the same. And, and I believe the body can be in one place and the soul can be in another place at God's choosing. I believe that. A woman with an eight-week-old baby girl. By the way, I read this in a CNN article two weeks ago. CNN now. A woman with an eight-week-old baby was feeding her little baby girl. And just like that, the baby went limp. The baby just went limp. Milk started draining out the side of the baby's mouth. She grabbed her baby, rushed her to a nearby emergency room. Her heart had stopped. They went to work on her immediately. They resuscitated her. They started treating her uh, for a severe upper respiratory infection. And within a week or so, she was fine. And uh, interesting thing about this story is that this woman was not someone who prayed, not someone who went to church, and not someone who believed in Jesus. The woman testified that about four years later, she was driving by the hospital emergency room and her little girl pointed and said, Mommy, look, 
That's the place where Jesus brought me back to you. The mom almost wrecked. Had never talked to her about Jesus. Had never told her about that time in her life. But that little girl insisted that she was with Jesus and He brought her back. Oh, friends. I confess. I'm a believer. You see, friends, if you believe this verse 14 that I've been reading to you over and over, you have to believe the body and the soul get separated at times, and the body can be in one place and the soul can be in another. And ultimately, I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, there is coming a separation day. And I don't, I don't let the enemy intimidate you, scare you, frighten you, or mess you up on this. That's going to be a glorious, hallelujah, magnificent, marvelous salvation day. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I was pastoring up in Georgia, there was a faithful woman of God in our church. And I hope this little story will encourage somebody here who maybe has a spouse who's not saved or a family member. But there was a faithful woman of God in our church. Loved Jesus. Never missed a service. She was just so faithful. But she had a husband and uh, he was just a heathen. He didn't want to come to church. I'd never seen him in church before. I'd prayed for her, uh, for him. Never been to church. Never had anything uh, to do with the church. Just didn't want to be there. One day she called me and she said, Pastor, meet me at the hospital. My husband's had a massive heart attack. I rushed to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital... She said, it's bad, Pastor, it's bad, it's bad. And I was with her when the doctor came out and she said, uh, you need to call the family in, he will not make it through the night. Said he's not going to make it. I'm so sorry. Now let me tell you, this was a godly woman and her greatest fear was not that he would die. Her greatest fear that he would die without Jesus. She couldn't bear the thought that he'd spend eternity in hell. She said, Pastor, pray with me. I could take you to the spot in the hospital where she and I stood and others prayed and we joined hands and we bombarded heaven and we asked God to do something. We asked God, we'd pray like this. God, let him wake up just long enough to get saved. God, don't let him die in his sins. All friends, and if you don't think that works, you better be glad somebody prayed for your salvation. You better be glad somebody was praying for you. And we prayed. We prayed. There's a passage in Isaiah that says, Give God no rest until He restores Jerusalem. Uh, we, we didn't give God much rest in those days. Man, we bombarded heaven. We prayed. We prayed. We prayed. He did not die that night. But He was in a coma. And the next day we thought, Well, there's hope. He didn't die the next day. He didn't die the next day. Two or three weeks into this, no better, no worse. Comatose. But we just kept praying. And one day I went to see him. And when I got there, there was a woman in the room with him. 
I didn't know her. I'd never seen her before. She wasn't part of the family that I knew. And I told her, I said, his name was Bill. I said, I've come to pray with Bill. And this woman looked at me, and she said, uh, no need to pray for him. And I so helped me, I said, ma'am, there's always hope in Jesus. There's always hope. We're not going to give up hope. She said, oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I said, well, what are you talking about? No need to pray. She said, I got a word from God last night that He's going to wake up, He's going to be healthy, He's going to be completely whole, He's going to be completely healthy. You you know, people that are more spiritual than us irritate us, don't they? (laughs) I mean, really, don't they? And I said, really, you got all that from the Lord? She said, I did. And I said, well, well, would you be upset with me if I go ahead and pray with him anyway? So help me. This woman sat over there. She said, suit yourself, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> go ahead. But I'm telling you, he will wake up. He will regain his strength and he will be healthy. I prayed with him, I left, and I thought, you know what, these charismaniacs just drive me crazy. (laughs) About a week later, he woke up. Oh, this story really gets strange, guys. He woke up, and we rushed to tell him about Jesus, because we didn't know how long he'd be away, whether he would die. He woke up, he said, you don't need to tell me about Jesus. He said, I got saved. We said, when did you get saved? So help me, these are his words. He said, I got saved while I was in the coma. I said, wait, you can't get saved that way. He said, yes, I did. I said, you got saved? He said, yeah. He said, my body was here in the hospital, but I was somewhere else and somebody was praying for me and Jesus came to me and told me others were praying for me and because they had prayed for me, He was going to give me another chance. And, And I said, okay, well He's giving you another chance. You need to get saved. He said, no, I decided I didn't want to wait. I just got saved right then. I said, wait, right while you were there? He said, yeah. He said, I was with the Lord. And then I asked him, well, can I just do it now? And the Lord said, yes. He said, I repented of my sins. Asked Jesus to save me. And He saved me right then. He said, and He told me I was going to go back. (laughs) Now friends, that may not fit your theology. That may not fit your theology, but I don't remember God asking us how He should do things. And by the way, you know I've thought about this a lot of times, and maybe this will help somebody. I've thought about this. What if he had been saved, but God had taken him on? Do you think that wife would have been surprised when she got to heaven and found her husband there? How in the world did you get here? But anyway. um, first Sunday he was out of the hospital, he came to church, walked down the aisle of the church, told everybody in the church what I just told you. A few Sundays later he got baptized. He came to me and he said, I'm going to write a book. 
And I didn't say it, but I was thinking, sure you are. He wrote a book about his whole experience. Went all over the county giving that book away. The title of the book was Amazing Grace. I said, that's not very original. You need another name. He said, well, that's what it is. It was just Amazing Grace that saved my soul. When I left that church, he and I walked 18 holes of golf. He was a healthy specimen of a man. God supernaturally saved him. God supernaturally healed him. God did a work of grace in his life. Now, I'm not saying God always does it that way, friends. But I am saying that he was another testimony to me that God is God and He does what He wants to do, when He wants to do it, how He wants to do it. And sometimes the body can be in one place and the soul of a man can be in another place. I tell you, I believe more than I've ever believed before, friends, that there are times when God gives human beings a glimpse of glory. There are times when God lets the curtain down And let's natural man see over into a supernatural world. There are times when God will separate a man from his body and take him into the glory land and reveal things to him. By the way, he did with Moses, didn't he? Moses went into heaven. How about Paul? Go back and read some of Paul's writings. You'll you'll laugh when you read Paul's writings. Paul says... It happened to me. He said, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. Did you know you can be out of your body and not tell whether you're in your body or you're out of your body? That's what Paul said. Oh, friends. Listen. One more time. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. The body's here. A soul has been separated. And those individuals will come back. We will too, if we're there. We'll come back with Jesus. I, I felt led of the Lord to end this message today by asking you a question. And it's a question that I feel like the Lord told me that the overwhelming majority of people in this church don't need this question. So when I ask this question, if you don't need this question, the Lord's already told me most of you don't need it. But there's somebody here who needs this. Maybe a few folks here who need this. Here's the question, and I honestly believe this is from the Lord. When did you stop believing? When did you quit believing? When did you become a A skeptic? When did you become a critic? When did you stop believing in miracles? When did you stop believing in the supernatural? When did you stop believing in the testimony of others? When did you stop? And you may say, oh pastor, you're reading this all wrong. I believe the book. I just don't believe all this other stuff people were saying. Well, friends, that can't be the case. That can't be the case. If you believe the book, you have to believe some of these testimonies. Do you know why? Because the Bible says in the last days, 
Your young men and your young women will prophesy. It says in the last days, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. That's what it says. They're dreaming something. They're seeing a vision of something. That, you see, you have to believe that. You have to believe some of this stuff. I believe with all my heart that the Lord wanted me to say from this pulpit today to somebody here today, I know you've stopped really believing. And I want you to start believing again. Because you have to believe. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, it just opens the door to all the things of God. You have to start believing. And if you believe all things are possible, oh, friends, God wants you to believe. Let me tell you, if you believe, you can really get saved. You can. If you believe, you can experience the presence of God. If you believe, you can walk with God. If you believe, anything can happen. But you have to start believing. Now again, I'm not talking about wild, crazy, insane, get away from the Word of God and believe. I'm talking about belief that lines up with the Word of God. But oh, friends, it is belief and trust in a holy God that will cause this church to explode and take this county by storm. I'm believing. If you believe that Christ died and rose again, friends, that's the beginning of the story. Do you know what the end of the story is? One day he's coming again. And he's bringing those with him who sleep in Jesus. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.